I've been recording this entire time. I do not know about you. <laughs> That's all lost. Like tears in the rain. And then Harrison Ford well, you... blows my fucking brains out. Andalites, your Torkbajir, and Taxon, if you manage to find some earbuds, welcome to the Wonder Years. For all your animals, rereading and eventual rewatching needs, I'm Sarah. I'm Blair. Blair, how you doing? I'm good. Can I share a fun? Uh, can I share a fun anecdote from earlier today that uh, I also posted on Twitter, but it's just real, it made me giggle a lot, and I can't stop thinking about it. Absolutely, I don't think I've heard this. So you absolutely have. You ears. liked my tweet and replied to it. Oh, fun. So this is an anecdote I'm involved in directly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yesterday I got a text from Blair. I was sitting down uh, editing the um, the the fear baiting episode about Uzumaki. And I'm like, as I perpetually am when editing, stoned out of my mind. And Blair texts me like, hey, just a heads up. There's some really rough, there's like a really rough like foot injury, that leg injury that happens in Birds of Prey. Uh, I just want to give you a heads up, which I was very appreciative of. But was very confused because I had definitely not indicated as such to Blair that I had any intention of seeing that movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then today I'm walking home from work and I realized that Blair had just texted me that because he had realized that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in that movie. And of course Sarah's going to see it. <laughs> I mean, it was not even like it, I said this much, but it was like not even like a specific thing. I was just like. Oh, this is a movie that I know all the lesbians in my life are going to see. Let me let the one lesbian in my life who has like specific like leg trauma like stuff going on about the leg trauma that happens in this movie. So, um, I I know what the people I I surround myself with are into. <laughs> um, it actually took me embarrassingly long to figure out that Huntress was a. Um, uh, uh, Oh my God! She, I've, I've got all of her three words in her name Mary mixed Elizabeth up. Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I, I took me so long to realize that was her until my roommate was like, "Is that, is that Ramona from Scott Pilgrim?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is." Because <laughs> um, oh, I mean, like, it's been a while since I've seen her on screen, so she like looked familiar, but like. And sort of like, did yeah. I go to high school with you sort of way? <laughs> God, she was great in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yeah. She was amazing in it. Uh, that movie's good. I should watch that again. Mm. But we were at mm. Animorphs this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we sure did. Um, God, nothing felt more like... I mean, definitely last book was like, okay, this is Endgame. We're like going into the Endgame right. now because like major plot stuff is happening. Um, but this, the way this one opens is like, just reminding you, this is the, where, this is the last arc that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, because it like saves all of the recap stuff that usually happens at the, um, like the first chapter for like, like halfway through the second chapter, basically. Um, cause the first chapter literally just opens with Axe. With uh, Jake talking to the Andalites on the telephone, basically. Yeah. Um, Being like, hey, do you remember to... the end of the last book? Just in case you didn't, this is the resistance. Yeah. Welcome, uh, welcome, but, like, literally, Jake. that's all the sort of, like, hand-holding we get. Yeah. Right? Like, 
Axe, Axe and, does do his Axe does do like a tiny little bit of spiel, but like it definitely like the Marco book, it presumes continuity of reader, mm-hmm, which is the thing mm-hmm. I'm going to say a lot because I think it sounds cool. And I it is. It, it does sound. You know what? You're right. It does sound cool, and you should say it. A it's, lot. Like the thing that, it's like the thing that nurses have, like the nurses and doctors have, the continuity of care, except for it's continuity of reader. My brain is fucking huge, bigger than doctors, so jot that down. Yes. Listen. This listen. is true. Here's just a quick comparison between me and doctors. Doctors uh-huh. will tell you that you're too fat if for reasons completely unrelated to the reason that you've decided to see them that day. Yes. I will offer you a joint instead and be like, yo, <laughs> was... cool shirt. Somehow in my heart, I knew it was going to be weed related. <laughs> what can I say? Um, you, you're just, you're a simple girl with simple, <laughs> simple interests. I wish I, I'm a simple girl with simple desires. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Not to totally derail, um, uh, but my my roommate's mom just came back from uh, Florida, and she was at a like she had been there for the past couple of weeks, um, and she was at a flea market in Daytona, um, and came back with a bong that was made out of an old Absolute Vodka bottle. Oh shit. And uh, gave it to her daughter, which is my roommate for Valentine's Day. Um, so now we just have—we're not a bong family here in the I mean, Kitt Holland household. I mean, but famously, we're not because we don't want to stink up the apartment. Right. Um, like, <laughs> um, and my roommate used to vape. Uh, and now she doesn't anymore, but she used to just vape weed because she doesn't want it to smell. Um, and now she like, it's sub-zero during the winter in February in Minnesota. And she will stand on the patio and smoke a bowl outside because she doesn't want to stink up the apartment. But now we have a bong, which is like high stink commitment oh, when yeah. you have a bong. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I bought this bong. With, I bought my new bong with my tax return. Um, I have to send it to you. I, it's beautiful. Um, but I bought this thing with my tax return and I literally took a chair off of our front patio and moved it to the back of the house, which is like, uh, the, there's like, uh, like two feet of width behind our house between the house and the fence. I just plopped the chair down there. And no- whenever I go take a weed hit, I just sit in that chair and fucking <laughs> sit upon the iron throne. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, unrelated, uh, but my friend just sent me this image. I will describe it to the listeners, but I need you to experience it in raw, unfiltered horror first. First, these ingredients okay. do all do, these things do all go together. Do you want me to describe it? Yeah, if you could. So it seems to be um, quilted northern, uh, extra soft and strong toilet paper. Yep. Um, uh, a can of. Um, Refried beans, yes, um, and uh, a box of Skittles, all in a, all in a black plastic shopping basket, um, and they're all related. So one can only imagine the horrors that would um, unravel because of this combination. This has, this has literally nothing to do with this podcast or anything. It's just there was a conversation uh, today about in one of the discords I'm in about uh, someone's friend routinely eating beans and skittles <laughs> but specifically refried beans yes and skittles and just skittles. combined or just in tandem combined like their, their 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 line of logic was i needed a protein and i didn't have time to make rice so but i did have skittles that's horrible <laughs> right? there's no good 
no, this, no. This, this is like four, no. This is like four no. at this point, so we have to talk about it. So, look. <laughs> no. Why? So you have Skittles on hand, but you don't have rice on hand? Well, they didn't want to wait an quote unquote quote unquote an hour to cook the rice then don't cook rice then just eat some fucking beans it's fine also when's Blair, I, when, when was the last time you've taken an hour to cook rice uh, well my rice cooker takes about 30 to 45 minutes to cook rice um which is not neither of those things are an hour no so exactly never <laughs> i understand i'm coming from a place of privilege because my rice cooker does it in about 20 um, sure. But anyways, uh, Animorphs. I'm really mad about this. <laughs> this cover? Marco, Marco is the person who's like, well, I didn't want to wait a fucking hour to cook rice, but I had Skittles on hand, so I put and But Axe is the one who would just eat it because he wanted to. Yeah, and and Axe would eat it and say yummy. <laughs> Axe would eat it on purpose. <laughs> this is not an accident. Axe. It's not an accident. <laughs> Fuck off. Hey, is that good? Speaking, is that good? Uh, better than any joke I've ever told, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have an Axe book this week. Uh, we do. The Deception. We have the, yes, The Deception. Uh, um, cover is just Axe turning into a normal boy with a flight helmet. <laughs> yes. Um, there's a lot of morphing into military adults in this book, so that makes sense. Um, how do you feel about the title of this book as rela- relating to the content? Yeah. Is there like, it, it, I mean, it, I guess there's, there's some deceiving. Like the, like the entire plot of the, the, the entire like order 9166 thing is a deception. That's true. I guess that is true. Can, tr- tricking can tricking China and the United States into a ruse. Mm-hmm. This got like, this book got geopolitical in a way I was not anticipating. Yeah, um, just to, so, just so we can, like, since yeah. we're, like, endgame, run down the plot real quick. Um, uh, Axe, uh, uh, Jake and the, the rest of the Animorphs contact uh, the Andalites, and the Andalites are, like, basically, you could be lying to us, so tough shit, we're gonna deal with the thing that's our priority right now. Um, and then Axe is all like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm important, and they're like, you kind of are, but also, like... You wanna be a human loyalist? Yeah, it's like, eh, we have bigger fish to fry, basically. And so everyone's like, fuck. Uh, and they find out about the plans that are going to unravel and basically have to do with this military base that they end up going to. Yep, uh, um, stationed in the middle of the ocean. Right, because Visser 3 has been promoted, promoted to Visser 1. This book um, was a little bit hard to read on that front for me, just because there were Visser 3, but not no longer Visser 3. That was Visser 1 instead. Yeah. <laughs> and, then there, and then there was Visser 2, and then there was a captain, and then there was an admiral, and then also Chapman was there. Yeah, I was like, who, what? Okay, it's fine. I just kind of let it happen. To, I just knew that uh, um, the artist formerly known as Visser 3 is now Visser 1, and like was that was the only thing yeah. I cared about. I was really sad about that one scene where, uh, uh, I, I, I misread that one scene where Visser 2 is in his underwear and tied up, and is like, hmm, I will tell you my entire grand plan. Or was, uh-huh. that Visser, was that Visser 3? That was Visser 2. Okay, yeah. I, for a moment, I misimagined that as Visser 3 just, like, chilling in his underoos, start stubbing his chest out with bravado. And I was Wouldn't like, that be amazing? I, I was literally like, I cannot think of a more Blair image than that. 
Oh my god, he absolutely has like hearts on his boxers, right? Oh, like not, for sure. Not to robotnik him, but like. Oh, I mean, we can, what do you mean not to robotnik him? We can robotnik him. We're allowed to robotnik him. <laughs> Visser three um, to be played by James Carey. <laughs> that's for that's twenty years from now when he gets serious about things. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He becomes a character um, actor. Does period pieces. So so they they. Okay, um, sorry. This is act- this is completely unrelated. Yes, but. I have been getting into a little bit into film Twitter and a little bit into crossword Twitter at the same time, and it's hell. It's fucking hell. Everyone capitalizes everything, and I don't know who is talking about what. This is not a bit or a joke. I just com- I just constantly misread it, and I misread everything, and I'm dying. Please go on. Well, what do you what do you mean? Everyone capitalizes everything. Every when film Twitter talks about a movie, they put it in all caps. When crossword Twitter talks about a film, they put it in all caps. Everything is all yeah. caps all the time. Yeah. Oh, do you have a pro- problem reading all caps? I don't have a problem with it. I just keep thinking one tweet is about like, oh, oh, what's that? <laughs> I understand what's happening now. Just, I was like, I'm just like, I don't, un- I don't get it. I'm just like, damn, what's this Dottie the House Elf movie? People, <laughs> people are talking about. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, uh, as previously discussed, like I've been doing the crossword every day since the beginning of the year. It's so funny that you're like more into crossword Twitter than I am because I like am. Basically, it's just me and my roommate, and sometimes you who do crosswords. Yeah, I, I follow a couple of I follow a couple of crossword makers. They're fun. I like them. I like I like them too. They're like so nerdy. They are all the time. I I, <laughs> I, I, I was relating to you as much this morning, but um, my brain is small, and past Thursday, I really have a hard time filling out the crossword. I'm working on it. My brain is you know building that muscle, but mm-hmm. um. Uh, so, uh, past Thursday or whenever I have like, cause if I fill, if I complete a fill and it's like, Hey, you did a typo, I'm not going to be able to find it. So I just pull up like a grid, uh, a completed mm-hmm. grid. And what the blog I've been going to is, uh, very nice because half the time their blog entry is just like, this crossword sucked shit. I hated seeing this word and this word, this clue sucks. Why would you use the word gluey fucking and just... <laughs> It, it just makes me feel very smart reading it. Like, yes, that's why I had trouble troubles with it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's related to this Saturday's New York Times crossword, which was a fucking miserable slog. Uh, what a what a bad crossword. I'm I mean, pull it off my phone you know, to maybe if I was better at crosswords, I would have liked it a lot more. But man, I was just like, just dragging my body through this like horrible like wreckage. The entire time where it was like, I can't figure out anything. I mean, I got it done, but um, life is very hard for me. Personally. Yeah, some of these words, like, I've never seen hashish spelled with two E's, but maybe I've just never seen hashish spelled correctly. <laughs> it's possible. I thought it also, was I've never heard... H-A-S-H-I-S-H. Yeah. Anyway, we have to talk about Animorphs and not crosswords for we... Two minutes of this podcast, two minutes of podcast I've ever committed to recording. We'll do a crossword podcast later. Oh my god, uh, can we do a crosscast? Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, um, so the rest of the plot is basically like the Animorphs go to this military base. Uh, they find out that they get like quote unquote Chinese missiles like aimed at like this military. Like they're being like, it yeah, looks like they're being attacked by China. It's a situation where the Yerks are neither the United States or whoever the other country involved in the Lusitania was. Right. Just like a deliberate, so, a deliberate sinking of a warfare vessel in the attempt to start a war. 
Right, exactly. Um, and it becomes, becomes a whole thing. Uh, Axe basically decides to do a mini-coup mini against... Jake. Uh, Jake. Um, he steals a, a, sh a, a, a plane jet. with a... With a with a nuke on it, mm -hmm. and basically is like, okay, Visser two, I'll nuke the Yerk pool, um, which would kill so many people. Like it would probably decimate the entire city. The Yerk pool is in absolutely. Um, uh, and he's like, I'll I'll nuke the Yerk pool if you don't tell. There's like a submarine submarine thing happening, um, that would like more war, uh, and. Like, eventually it ends with, like, this or two being like, okay, I'll call off the submarine. Um, and uh, Axe doesn't have to nuke the city that <laughs> all of his friends' family live in. Um, but, uh, yeah, he now we have to contend with the fact that um, Axe basically... Uh, did a did a coup against? Yeah, and we have we have, we're left <laughs> on a bit of a cliffhanger because there's no resolution. Axe does not reunite with the rest of the animals at the end of this. It just like the last couple of chapters is him lamenting the fact that like everything is changing and he feels he doesn't feel good, and then the book just ends. Right. So this series has talked about wartime ethics before, but I feel like it's always been very. Um, not superficial necessarily, but like way more hypothetical. Like obviously they've, the animals have had to deal with bloodshed before. So like that's very real. But on this scale, um, we're talking about huge numbers, like huge real war numbers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's trolley problem to the like biggest degree. Yeah, to its logical extreme yeah. basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the... um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see... Um, the stakes start to feel like, not like, I mean, in the past it's felt very like, is murder bad? I don't know. Um, but now it feels like, it's like, do we, do we kill, um, like 20,000 to 30, 20, people. people to save a billion people, you know? Yeah. Um, which is like. Like that, like a war is happening. Visser one is Visser three is now Visser one in power and is going to do it like break out a full on World War three. Yeah, there's um, no and, there's no more there's no more room for guerrilla warfare like there was under 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 old Visser one. Right. Um, so they can't just like fight these mini battles anymore and like um, handering about these like individual con like deaths. They have to like. That all, these individual murders they have to do, you know, because like it's still like killing people. Yeah. Um, there were um, th there there were some like some real like t actually touching that like I could feel my heartstrings being pulled at, but that didn't mean that my heartstrings were not being pulled. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense, like th for sure. There's a scene early like when they're when they're engaged in like the fucking all out like sixty page brawl that is the la the back half of this book. Um, mm -hmm. There's a, a small scene where uh, Marco saves some uh, soldier's life, and the soldier, they're like, okay, are we going to have to fucking take out this guy? Because he's also a yerk, but the soldier just stands up and gives Marco a salute. And, like, my notes literally say in that moment, like, hold on, uh, where did I, where did I fucking... Uh, the soldier hitting Marco with a salute, with a salute made me tear up. They have help! And then, like, 20 pages later, Axe just spies Marco from across the room, like, holding that soldier as he dies. It's, yeah, I mean, man, like, 
this this series has always been not low key, but like sort of metaphorically about the horrors of war. Yeah. And now we are literally talking about the horrors of war because we have literal earth military involved in this whole thing. And basically at this point, the cat's sort of out of the bag with, in regards to like aliens, like some of these like human soldiers recognize the fact like, Oh, we're being invaded and attacked by aliens. Um, cause at one point, Uh-oh. yeah. Cause like at one point Axe is like, asks like a soldier can, is like, Hey, can I like borrow your meat suit for a bit? And this dude is like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Hey, whatever you need to beat these assholes. Right, totally. Um, And I don't know how much much consequence we're going to see about that in the future. Um, I mean, some certainly, right? Like, that has to be an eventuality at this point. Oh, like, like, like I I, I would be genuinely surprised. Like, I think these books are going to stop being so episodic. Like there will, there will still be like main plot points of the books, but like these books are about to turn into much more like free form, like narratives. If that makes right, sense. right, right. That totally makes sense. And you can already feel it from the, the connection to uh, 45 to 46. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited and nervous. I wonder like the level of like collaboration or how alone the animorphs are going to be in this thing. Cause it, as soon as it's like, now it's, it's potentially global. Like, right. That's the goal for the Yerks is to make it global. Yeah. Um, and that is a, a level of force and manpower that, I mean, these six kids have done really well for themselves so far, Yeah. but there's no way they're going to be able to handle it alone in the future unless, like, they get some serious additional manpower behind them. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, and we kind of see that in this book because all throughout this book we have Animorphs acquiring DNA of, like, human soldiers so they can, like, use these adult soldiers with, like, status Vincent, to they can, get shit done they can just all become vincent adult men yeah no truly though <laughs> but like like become like commanding officers right yeah, you know absolutely. like mm-hmm. and like uh, trying to be like kids while uh, in on the inside of this military conflict that might not even recognize they're there um the 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 political ramifications of this whole situation are like truly fascinating and so much more deep than I thought this book, like this book series was going to get, you know, mm-hmm. I told you, like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I knew it was going to get intense, but I didn't think it was going to get so, um, specific, you know, I've, I guess I've sort of been talking around it, but the fact that it's like, it's not just an alien versus human war. It is human war. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, like I, I, um, I'm trying to think of how to say this without spoiling too much of the game. Um, yeah, this is this is where Capelgate starts really showing like her like true actual real life. What I what I'm assuming are her true life like feelings on all of this. Like this feels like this feels like Capelgate getting across her vision of war to me. Truly, and it's so much and more it's, effective it's... than. Oh, go on. Oh, sorry. I thought you cut out for a second. <laughs> um, so I feel find it to be so much more effective than like 
War of the Worlds sort of allegory. And you know, um, you know the, why? You know why I think it's so much more effective, especially in this book. Hmm. It's because it's from this, the perspective of Axe, who is this outsider. He he's not an outsider to warfare. He is an outsider really. to human warfare. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, I think it would be effective regardless, but I, I totally agree. Like, I think it's it's like, yeah, know, especially he poignant. Know the breadth of human. Like, re- remember the um, remember the book where he learned about the Holocaust? Right. Yeah. Um, it's 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 really fascinating because like yeah because like Jake has obviously been studying the U.S. military yeah. right and other military oh, like I aircraft. Did, I did not even clock that. I I was a little bit I was a little bit miffed because I was like Marco should know this stuff. Marco's the fucking random trivia dude. But then no, of course Jake would know all of this fucking battle cruiser bullshit. Yeah, I feel like um, we. I mean, it's I was sort of like I wish we had had more like build up to him knowing all this information but i think it totally makes sense for him to have like studied a bunch of this stuff you know definitely to like because truly you never know how like a situation like this is gonna go and when they have throughout this entire series been using the language of war it only makes sense to know the mechanics of it as well yeah exactly i think Um, i think i mentioned something to that effect in the last book because they do go into like the the husk of an old like military carrier and like I think there might be a theme about these about this alien warfare taking place in and around so much American war material. For sure, definitely. Um, it is. It is definitely. It 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 brings this sort of idea of war away from the idea of an us versus them, even though there is an quote unquote us versus a quote unquote them. But it is, it's not a unified hum, human front against these aliens. It is these aliens making us fight each other. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, That's, wow. I, <laughs> um, Blair, I'm going to ask you to hold on to that, that little, like, snippet for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> that, little, <laughs> that little thing, because that is, God, wow, that's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like there's, there's. Um, I remember seeing um, a lot in the in the uh, in the wake of the uh, situation in Iran last month. I remember seeing a lot of sentiment as to like we have you 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 know like you and I have so much more in common with the average Iranian person than any of the people involved in the military strikes of that country from last month. Right. And it's it it yeah it is just like these. These people who may as well be alien to us are, you know, forcing us to fight each other. Totally. It is... Anyway, so ca- capital when I think of... On, on yeah, I th- so when I think of, like, other sort of alien versus human war movies that are, like, that came around during other, during other you know, times of, like, wartime like strife and stuff like that right um the moral of the story is typically like oh isn't aren't they awful like and evil and horrible but isn't isn't war beautiful in the way that it brings humanity together you know and fucking the the end of watchmen completely turns that shit on its head too right for sure like the the whole like fucking giant nuclear squid to puss that uh uh, sends to new york city like mm-hmm. he he is entirely just like utilizing that to, like it, it is it is utilitarianism. It is the trolley problem. It is just you know a, 
the the pop the population of New York to stop the uh, oncoming nuclear war that would obliterate the planet. Totally. Damn. Um, people. Some people hate the squid. I like the squid. I, like I the think squid. it's. <laughs> I think it's a perfect they, amount like, of do they, do they, stupid. Yes. Okay. I was gonna ask if they hate the squid or they hate what happened or they hate what they what he does with the squid. So, because in the movie adaptation, right, there was no squid. Right. He um, just nuke New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think since, since not to become a Watchmen podcast, but since Watchmen is sort of like the original critique on a sort of grungy noir comic book situation. Yeah, it, it is, it is the, it is the, the, the lampooning of every single, uh, Vietnam movie that put Fortunate Son over the credit, over like one yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah. Um. That song does man. bang, but God, I don't... <laughs> Um, so now that we've talked about the thesis of this book, I do want to hit on a few things that, um, really touched my soul, or at least yes. one thing that really touched my soul. Um, um hold on. Is it, I, is it the I, moment, is it the moment where Axe is with the dying, uh, this, uh, captain? No, I was meaning in more of a lighthearted way, oh. but that was also nice. <laughs> you, you go on then, you go on. Um, well, I mean, since, uh, Marco is basically fake dead now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he has to hang out with yes! Tobias and Axe and their scoop. Yes! Um, and he's just, it's like so like boys night, but like <laughs> M- Marco is like being so grumpy the entire time and trying to browse through like the infinite amount of television channels that Axe has hooked them up with and just so grumpy that there's nothing on TV and that he has to be dead and he can't have any fun ever. Yeah. And I just really... I just really love thinking about the three of them hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> so it's really good. Um, I like the moment a little bit later when Marco and Axe are talking about, like, um, uh, Mar- where uh, Marco is, like, reluctant to break on, like, to go to the naval base, and Axe is, like, Axe, like, owns him with facts and logic, and is like, dude, you literally <laughs> said you're dead last week that we can do crime as long as we make it up. <laughs> Owns him with facts there and logic. There is so much good act <laughs> content this week. Oh, I know. Like, oh, there's like one point very early on when he when he first contact when they're talking to the alien homeworld. He he says that like in many ways these humans have become my home, and my heart just yeah. melted on page three because I mean I know that you love it, and you know that I love it because found families is where my shit right. pops off. Right. I mean, but it's like, it feels almost deeper than found family. Um, it, Cause it's like, he, he's true. It's like, he's truly the only fish out of water. You know, it's not like we're, they're all like, it's all found family. Cause they're all sort of, well, some of them are very ostracized from their families. And one of them um, is a literal alien. Right. But like, and then there's literally an alien who has been not only like cast aside by his family because that didn't really actually i mean it kind of happened early in the series but like it didn't actually actually happen um he's been basically cast aside by his entire race and now he has to find like community and these like complete like genetic strangers to him and there is Um, there is a moment where where um because at by the end of this acts kind of nukes that a little bit and marco turns to him and says you andalites you people have a tendency to destroy what you want to preserve and that line just fucking cratered me yeah i kind of love that level of 
internal consistency. Yes. Like that uh, inconsistency, I mean. Absolutely. For X. Because um, I think we, we have him... We have emotional, emotionally motivated acts, and then we have logically motivated acts. And I think it's, for it, a lot it, of characters, it's, we... it's 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 a uh, it's a manifestation of his human of, of his human life and his andalite life. For sure, uh, for a lot of characters, we see those sort of things diametrically opposed. Um, but I think in acts, we see them so dramatically opposed because he's this whole book is filled with him understanding how humans communicate with each other. And then this book ends with him trying to shove all of his feelings about a situation away and thinking purely logically and militarily minded. I mean, he he does that. He does that in times of stress like that, that when he has to land the, uh, when he lands the fighter jet into the ocean he says, right. he says that, that I, I wrote it down. I am the servant of the people. I am the servant of my prince. I am the servant of honor. Like he, he recedes to these, like these Andalite ways of thinking, these routines, these duties. And I, and what's interesting though, is that he typically errs on the side of thinking he's right all the time, but you can tell even as he's doing it, he's like, this is the thing that needs to be done. Yep. But it's correct if everyone hates me if I let, end up let me doing see what, it. Let me see if I can find the actual quote. Um, like, it's not proud obligation. It becomes just more grim obligation. So this is, right, like, immediately after Axe floats the idea of just nuking the city and mm-hmm. killing all the killing the Yurkpool and also, like, the population of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jake is just like, no, Axe, I, I can't. You can't. What are you saying? Do you know what it will do to us? And, right. and at that and at that moment, hearing the shock and horror in my prince's voice, I knew I had made a dreadful mistake. I never ever should have laid such a burden on my friend, my ally. Never ever should I have risked a human of such superior quality to make a decision that would undoubtedly risk the lives of everyone he had ever known. That would undoubtedly destroy his home, his neighborhood, his city. That would utterly decimate every his every precious bond to sanity. I was an Andalite, a member of the species someone kind, a member of the species someone kindly but perhaps rightly have called the meddlers of the galaxy. I was an alien. I would carry the burden. Yeah. Um, like when he said, when he said, when he says, "I am an alien," there, like he obviously means in the Andalite sense, but he also means in like the in my friend sense. It's it's a very hurt the people around you before they can like so that you can't hurt them. You can't yeah. hurt them more, I guess. Like it's it's a twisted logic, but it, like I I've been there. I've like I've not been like in in war crimes mode, but I've been like I've been there, dude. <laughs> Unless you have some secrets you need to tell me. Listen. Do, do you have war crime secrets? Listen, they they've been after me for years. <laughs> um, listen, I listen. I, I figured starting a podcast about uh, with the same with my name in it would throw them off the trail. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not. I, I would never claim to be Henry Kissinger. I didn't. I felt gross even doing that joke because I hate him so much. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's. But it's also like a level of compartment. I mean, it is. You know, you were talking about compartmentalizing, but it is. You know, like he's he feels this intense sort sense of connection and community with these humans, and then as soon as he has to do something horrible, he's like. Well, it's I'm the alien, right? I'm there's nothing. Yes. I have to be the other. Um, uh, I, I was not part of this group at the start. I will not be part of this group at the end. I have to do what has to be done. Exactly. Um, God, I, fuck, I'm genuinely about. I'm genuinely tearing up just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's, it's pretty intense. It's pretty real. I sort of love it. I love him being so logically driven and so bad at it. Yeah. You know? He tries so hard to own people with facts and logic, but he, but his feels, his but, feels but also care sort about, of, his feels don't care about the facts. But also, yeah, because also he like knows what he's doing is, or even almost did like the fact that he didn't actually do it is not like i mean it's a relief you know like he didn't actually have to do it but like was... there's this tremendous weight still on him that he let himself almost do it you know and that he doesn't know if he would have actually if like it was a bluff or not um it's it's pretty it's it, it, it's a lot it's a really a lot to deal with um it makes me hurt really bad for Axe because there is a pretty high chance that he's going to be totally socially ostracized from the group that come next book Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of we're either going to deal with that or we're just going to be in war and not going to be able to fucking deal with it you know I, Um, I hope for the characters that they deal with it I also kind of really want to see the story develop where they don't. Oh, for sure. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I think it'd be a really interesting narrative decision for them to be like, we just kind of resent you now, Axe, but it's, we don't have the time or energy to deal with this emotionally, So, and you're really useful to, for us, so fuck you, but also come on. Yeah. Um, which, like, sucks, because I love Axe so much, and yeah. I love that he's loved by these people. Um, can I but, can I do the the act moment I was talking about earlier? Oh, sorry, you you go on, finish your sentence. No, 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 can, go ahead. I was just gonna ask if I could do the fun act moment, the fun quote unquote act moment. <laughs> fun. Earlier. It's not fun, and it's shocking that you would use that word. Yeah, I, I did put air quotes around it. Um, go ahead. This is the uh, this is uh, in the in the um, fucking in the in the chaos that's happening aboard the battleship uh, the one of the one of the high-ranking Yerks who's on board uh, Captain Plummer uh, takes a fatal blow gets a fucking hole in the gut mm-hmm. um, and so here's that uh, I approached his eyes were beginning to glass over and still they showed fear I'm not going to hurt you I said then I saw the Yerk struggling out of the man's ear I let it happen it would not get far awkwardly I knelt by Captain Plummer's side what have I done? He gasped. I tried to fight it. I tried. No one will blame you, I assured him. He looked down in fascination at what had been his stomach. I'm dying. Yes. He reached for one of my hands. I stayed with him until he was gone. It's... This is like the second time an axe had had a soldier die in his hands. Because remember in the fucking Megamorphs when they went back to the fucking Revolutionary War and Jake got a fucking hole in his head and they went to the beaches of Normandy and one of them watched the soldier dying and God, God. I mean, but but that's all that's all very like. Here's a traumatic video that a VHS that your history substitute is going to put on. This is this specifically is like. Man, dude, shit's real. <laughs> yeah. The the moment in that that really gets me is Axe just letting the Yerk go away. Like, he knows that Yerk is going to die, but, like, there is... Right. A, I don't know. Maybe he rationalizes it as, like, an, uh, as like a slight discompassion, honestly, because he knows the Yerk won't get far, and he would not put it out of its misery. 
it's I, I it's interesting um i think it could be interpreted like there's no text surrounding it right i think it can be interpreted yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. I'm, I'm just think i'm just ha- i'm just broad i'm just thoughtsing right right no 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 i think that's legitimate i think the idea that it's not worth his effort to do it yeah um, definitely definitely I think there's a lot of takes you could take on that. Yeah. Um, but whatever it is, it's a really interesting decision it's, for him to make. Yeah, it's a wonderful and extremely tender moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you want, can we talk about some fun stuff that happens in this book? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, so early on when they're watching TV in their scoop, um, Marco makes a really salient point, which is that the Americans specifically are not prepared for war in any way, shape, or form because there has not been war on American soil in... I, I don't even know how many years it's been, so I'm not going to say a number because whatever the number I say, it's going to be comically wrong. <laughs> but that meant, but many years. But Marco just goes full on like, these fucking sheeple, man. <laughs> um, Marco, Marco says, I will bet you dollars to donuts. And Tobias interjects with, is that a thing your grandma says? And I felt owned because that's what that's the thing that I say like all the time. That's adorable, Sarah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not even condescending to you. It is such a great turn of phrase. I love it. Um, you know, people should talk like old timey all the time. My, one of my coworkers made fun of me the other day for saying "on the horn" uh, in regards to a phone. Oh no, that's also good. I... <laughs> You you talk like a fifty five year old and it's great. Thank you. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, uh, oh, this is not like a funny moment, but um, when he's when Axe Axe says when he morphs a human, he feels like he just fits in on Earth, and I love him. He's just him. a baby boy. No, I noticed that too. I thought it was so interesting. Yeah, he's like like there was like a like he said something about like there's something compelling about yes, being yes, a human yes. morph. Yes. It's um mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it, it's it's not dissimilar to the way Tobias spends time thinking about did I want to be a hawk? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Oh. The um. We didn't talk about it earlier. This is definitely not a happy moment. But those two chapters they spend in the barn just discussing morality, like those are two of my favorite chapters in this series thus far. Oh, it's so good. Like just yeah. all this back and forth and just like this gradual turn that this that has really been happening over the course of the series, but like. Like the, it makes like it makes it past the halfway point here of the the turn from right to wrong uh, for the turn from right and wrong to like fast and slow, yeah. And it's it, it's really excellent, just like ensemble discussion work. I I really really it, it, like excellently done. Oh for sure. Um, um there there is a uh, they oh go on. Oh, I was just gonna like backpedal a lot uh, a little bit to talk about how interesting it is to read this book. And have like constant references to fact that, oh, because this is all pre nine eleven, right? Um, like, oh, there's never been, there hasn't been conflict on U.S. soil before, and like, we're not prepared. Oh yeah, nine eleven. That's when that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's so interesting because like, like it. This is only slightly, to like pre nine eleven. Barely pre nine eleven. Right. Right. Um, and it's, like. How, how quickly the tides turn on that because them saying that now I don't think I think there's like 10 year olds who could read that today and be like I don't know what this t- is talking about this is you this know is, this is a year before 9-11 right um like it's just so crazy to think well yeah th- at, I guess at that time like we weren't but also 
now we're in a forever war, <laughs> you know? So the idea of, like, kicking off World War Three is, like, not even... I mean, it's, it's sort of catastrophizing global co- co- conflict, but it's also, like, w- war is just a reality for, Ameri- like, Americans and also the world right now. Um, so this is, I, I don't know, a little too on the nose, almost. Yeah. It just feels a little too on the nose to read. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear some fucking pedantry from the, from the, the Seropedia page? I've got more to yes. go to, but I went to the Seropedia <laughs> page. Goof slash inconsistencies... Axe has an Apple laptop on page 10, which changes into an iMac on page 15. <laughs> um, look, <laughs> Apple's is the same. Apple's is truly the same. Um, there was one other thing in my notes that I really wanted to mention. Oh, two more things. So one of the, when, as soon as um, Axe morphs uh, a pilot and hops on the fucking, the, the warship, um, mm-hmm. Jake is like, hey, watch out for these bars. They're called knee knockers. Uh, kind of say, exactly what it says in the tin. And Axe is like, uh, I, uh, Axe just says fucking, I'm proud to say I did not trip once. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute. He's such a cute little war criminal. Um... And then the, the last moment that I really wanted to talk about is that um, while he has morphed this human pilot, uh, he gets shot in the leg and passes the fuck out from it. And when yeah. he wakes up, he's like, what the fuck? This... This body just took one... Bl- is this dude just a fucking whip? Like... It's so... It's so interesting. Um, so this is, like, an actual, like, medical thing that happens. Like, um... Yeah. Um, I, I, I was... Re- I've been reading Stiff by Mary Roach, and that talks about, like, cadavers and death and stuff like that. But it also talks about, like, um, like, what bullets do to a person and how it's not even, like... Because, like... People who shoot people with guns and are trained to do it, uh, however that might materialize, um, are also trained to, like, or a lot of of cases, trained to shoot non-fatally and, like, have gotten freaked out in the past when, like, people they're shooting will just, like, collapse. And it's still a non-fatal shot, but it's just the shock of being shot in the first place will truly just cause you to to collapse if you're not prepared for it. Yeah, Um, I can imagine. Which is, I mean, like, which, yeah, you have to imagine, right? Because it is such a intense shock to the system it is so insane that guns exist anyway <laughs> yeah uh c- cosine because that was some real shit you just said <laughs> thank you um do you have any other hot takes about this book um it was really fucking good it was really good i'm so nervous about the end of this series. <laughs> so nervous um it's 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 like because this book i just i like talking about this book i felt like i was truly like ragging on axe as a character no and, like, he's so he's just but and also being very fatalistic about his role in the future of the the, the series mm-hmm. um and i'm like but i miss when they would just be fun and happy and have fun together even though this book this book series has never been specifically about that it's you missed like, the part 20 pages ago when they were watching tv <laughs> yeah um I, I just want them to watch tv forever <laughs> yeah i want them to go i want them to go to college together or not even necessarily the same college but like nearby colleges and like be roommates together and hang out and have brunches um i, I want i want i want them to be safe and okay and not in <laughs> intergalactic international war yeah 
It's hard. It's really hard. It's hard. Animorphs is hard. Animorphs <laughs> is so hard, you guys. Uh, um, man, but that was uh, that was uh, book forty-six, the deception. Yeah, fucking good as hell. Oh wait, wait before we before we finish it off, we just got to go ahead and do a quick little uh, wrap up by just giving you the little uh, the stinger on the inside of the book. Mm-hmm. The, the, so the outside cover quote was the Animorphs had never met Visser 2 until now which is really weird because that is possibly the most committal that co- the outside cover text has ever been normally it's, just like, <laughs> normally it's just some dumb shit like more than meets the eye or like this is your brain this is your brain on morphing but <laughs> it's just like a true statement of fact in this one they have never met Visser 2 that's correct until now also correct <laughs> the inside cover quote is just prepare for takeoff Oh, well, which feels like it should be an outside cover quote, this, right? This, yeah. This bullet point, uh, a couple things beneath it, is really funny to me because it says, this marks the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st time that an animal has acquired a human morph. <laughs> with, uh, hold on. With Axe, having so a, with Axe having acquired, I want you to guess how... So there there are, at the, by the end of this book, there are 21 human morphs that have been done. How many of those have been Axe? I'm gonna say at least half of them. Give me a, give me a number. Um, I'll, I'll, let me just go for like ten. Okay, it was eleven. Yeah. Pretty close though. Yeah, <laughs> real close. I, just thought that was I got I got it right by prices right numbers. Yeah, exactly. Even though I'm the only one who guessed. <laughs> yeah, but that that means you win by default, right? True, but unless I go over, then I don't win because that's how prices right works. Well, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Uh, we got a question Correct. from at what is cosplay who wants to know if y'all were transformers, what would your alt modes be, and would you be Autobots or Decepticons? Um, um, I so evil is fun, right? What's that? Evil is fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I to my I, recollection, aste- <laughs> yeah, the, the the just aesthetically, I would like to be a Decepticon, right? Perfect, but also. But also, I don't know anything about cars. I have. I think. Hmm. I I don't know why, but for some reason, the kind of car that imme- like the 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 brand of car that immediately jumped to mind for you was like a a, a Yaris from the first year that they put they started making Yaris is, but just like I do not do not know this one. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> what is the Yaris? Oh, the Toyota Yaris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so it's just like, <laughs> but like no no no, but like to be clear, like an old one, like one like Yaris, the the Toyota Yaris first came out in '99. Like I'm saying, like I'm talking like okay. I'm talking a pre 911 Yaris. Okay, Yaris, 1999. I'm, I'm gonna find this fucking old ass Yaris. <laughs> yeah, because the one I was looking at was it just like kind of a... looks like a car that a dad would be driving in like a a a a, a, a bad movie from the early 2000s that was on after oh, school. This is a road trip car. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, now you have to now you have to assign me with a car kin. Oh no. <laughs> um Oh no. Oh no. Um I think Can I be a It hearse? would be fun. What? Go on, go on. I'll say what I have. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll, suddenly, the only type of cars I can remember are Volkswagens. <laughs> I think I'd be a pretty cute Volkswagen, though. But what kind? Like a bug or a bus? 
Uh, or, or like some sort of sedan. I would definitely be, I'd definitely be a Volkswagen bus. Aren't they the best? <laughs> Absolutely. I'd be like one of those teal colored motherfuckers. So there is a Volkswagen, we ha- I live near a tattoo place and someone there must own a Volkswagen bus that they drive around during the summer because only during the summer is it parked right outside of it, but it is parked right outside of it all the time and it is the best vibes. It truly is the best vibes. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, my roommate is a huge hippie, so every time we walk past it, she's like, it's my bus. And I'm like, it's not, but I'm glad that you enjoy it. <sighs> I guess I'm saying bus. I mean van, right? It's, it's not it's bus. The, it's the VW bus. <laughs> it's like a bus, but it's a van technically. It, it looks like so. Like it looks like the old pictures of it kind of look like the British version of a stoner van. Yes. <laughs> like like okay. So take the take. You've seen Dumb and Dumber. Now take the stu- now take the stupid dog car and uh-huh. cut away the dog part of it. I think that's a, I think that's probably a VW bus under there. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that is that is our answer. And we're both evil for some we, reason. We are, uh, we have... I mean, for some reason. One, okay, so the reason is that one team is colored red and one team is colored purple. <laughs> True, and purple. Is, I like red as a color a lot. I like but red I, too, I... don't get me wrong. But like, like there, are, uh, there, are, there are tier lists and purple and pink are both up in S tier. Mm-hmm. Red, red, red's hanging around like B tier, and like I don't dislike it. I do like it, but like it can't hang with with pink and purple. Red is only goth if it's paired with black, and, and purple is goth on its own. Yeah, yep. Uh, and by the way, just you saying red, black, and goth in the same sentence instantly conjured to mind that uh, one picture of the anime girl laying, leaning on the cross, like, leaning on the giant cross. Oh yeah, you know the one. Oh yeah, you know you, the only image I looked at all through middle school. Yeah, I know the one. <laughs> The image that's just tattooed on the inside of all of our eyelids. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I've been on DeviantArt. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, cool. com slash fearbaiting is where you can support this and the sister podcast, Fearbaiting. Um, this pod, yeah. Uh, so patreon.com slash fearbaiting helps support this podcast. Uh, $1 a month gets you early shows if we get them done before uh, post time, like we did with this week's fearbaiting. Um... Five bucks a month gets your name right on the podcast, and ten bucks a month, and you also get a short message sent in. Ten dollars a month gets you, lets you pick a movie for our other podcast, Fear Baiting, which I've said like four times now. Um, mm-hmm. And you can also get all the other shit. So thank you very much to Michael Kaiser, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, Paul Bechtel, and Ducky Aisha. We love you all so much. Uh, thank you. Seda is not here today, but if you would like, they can be found on Twitter at Nudity with with an E A instead of a Y, and on. Uh, their podcast, uh, music, music for molehills. Uh, yes, can be found on Twitter at Musical Mole, where they try and solve itty bitty problems with good music. Um, let's see. You can also find their music on people you meet outside of uh, under people you meet outside of bar people you meet outside of bars under. If you just want, to, good God, I'm say that. I'm sorry. I'm Do you want me to run it through? No, no, no I got this. I'm, I'm at the home stretch. Say that. Apologies for, for you having to listen to this whole editing. I love you so much. Um, you can also check them out. Uh, they make music under people you meet outside of bars, which can be found just heading to the simple URL of gaygothvibes.online. Nice. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at sunhatgenia, and 
that you can also listen to me on Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, the leftism podcast made by for and of the Terminally Online, which are all hosted under the glorious noisepace.xyz banner, which is so thankfully hosted by uh, Matt GameCube. Long may he reign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, we'll find you. you. If you want to find me online, <laughs> it's real easy. I'm in one place. Um, you can just go to Blurkitch on Twitter. I'll be there. <laughs> Look at my cats. They're going to be there. Um, I'll be there, and my cats will be there. And uh, I don't just do anything fa- else other than this podcast. Just search my name. <laughs> this is truly the most interesting thing I do all week. Um, other than look at my cats, who you can also find on Twitter. God, um, I wish I God, I wish I could just spend all day looking at your cats. Um, please come to Minnesota and look at our cats. <laughs> God, yeah, I will. Um, thank you all for listening this week. We will catch you again in t- dose weeks um, with book thirty uh, thirty-seven. We're going back in time. Forty-seven, uh, baby. For- with book <laughs> book forty-seven, baby. Um, but until then, I have been Blair. I continue to be Sarah. Uh, and remember... Keep your hand on the answer control device. Bubba 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 Bubba